the Black Scholars Podcast. BlackScholarsPublishing.com That uh, we should get our own. Once we have our own, uh, we're respected for the fact that we can create our own. And uh, that's equality right there. Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it. Nylon cover five minutes. Whoa, we are too hot in the business. Mm. About to make a movie independent. Mm. Let's go. Man, it's been over a year since I've talked to you guys last. I thank you and I applaud you for continuing to be a part of this tribe. Um, there's been changes on the Instagram um, pages. Um, the Facebook is gone. I'm bringing that back. Uh, I took a hiatus after a breakup. Um, and I'd say pretty much at the end of the year. But if you guys follow, if you guys follow the podcast over the years since summer 2018, when I launched this thing, uh, I'm known to take bricks. Um, and that's a lesson in self care. Um, I've got a lot going on. I've always had a lot going on. You guys know I have a lot going on um, for very purposeful, intentional reasons. It's been a lot, guys. It's been a lot. Um, Mostly all positive. Um, I'd say all positive because I'm moving forward. I'm progressing. Um, You'll notice there have been some changes to the shows. If you go back to to the archives, I definitely have gotten rid of some shows. Um, because they're just not relevant for the longevity and the um, purpose and intention of this show. Uh, some of the content, like I'll give you an example. I had a uh, episode on uh, heartbreak, right? And although that episode was great, although that episode got a, uh, gave you guys an opportunity to get to know me better and get to know what's going on with me personally and how my mind works, that really isn't that relevant uh to what we're doing here and um i don't mind being transparent at all um that actually separates me from from the rest but uh i just didn't feel like this was the platform for that uh there's some other episodes too that i got rid of because we we just didn't need them uh and i'll continue to do that i'll continue to go back and revamp so if you go back and you're listening to an older episode and i announce what the episode number is and you're like uh that's not the episode number i just clicked on my apologies uh i'll keep that in mind um knowing that this thing is really an ecosystem and uh, I'm going to continue to make changes along the way. Just like Kanye West making a billion changes, even when his album drops, he's still making changes to the album. I think Drake Drake is doing the exact same thing, uh, making little subtle changes because, um, you know, we're creators, we're artists, uh, we're goats and, and we're writers. And so being a creative, uh, one thing you learn is that you'll always try to make things better even if it's your past work you'll always try to make things better um and so i'm here so a few updates a few life updates 
my son turned six, my daughter turned 11, uh, and I turned 38 very recently. And uh, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on life, looking at the next chapter of my life and trying to see where that is going. And so I've been working. I've been working very intentionally. Uh, I've been working very hard. And um, last time I talked to you guys over a year ago, uh, I was working on my admin's licensure in the state of Tennessee at Christian Brothers University. Shout out to Christian Brothers University, Dr. Potts, um, that entire department, my cohort. You guys are great. I loved it. Um, I think that I definitely show that I have the chops uh, to be a school leader. And uh, I knew that from my work I've done uh, beforehand at my previous school district where I served as a, a learning coach, a one-on-one device committee member, a homebound teacher. Uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of great things. Webmaster. <laughs> I've done a lot of great things um, at my previous school district and I'm continuing to do great things at my current school district. Um, and so I'm still teaching. Last year uh, I was teaching virtually. Um didn't enjoy that experience. And so this year was very important. I got back face to face uh, with students. Um, definitely seen some lag, definitely seen some issues there. Um, but I'm excited to be back in the classroom. Um, more than that, I'm excited that this is going to be my last hurrah, not necessarily my last school year. Um, but I know I'm in my final chapter uh, in education uh, from a traditional sense as far as teaching is concerned. Um, I'm definitely uh, not continuing with the school leadership program. Um, it's not not a part of my calling at this time. I don't want to do it. Um, I still love education. I'll always love education. I'll always be an educator, but I'm actually taking some steps uh, in IT. And uh, I'm definitely going after one of those higher paying uh, fields or, or jobs or roles. And uh, so I'm at the ground basics and my head hurts every other day. Um, because, uh, this is a lot studying computer science as an adult, uh, and already having several different degrees, uh, mostly in the humanities field, which education is, which psychology is. Um, I mean, my second master's is in professional and technical communications, which is really technical writing. So you can say from that aspect, I definitely have, uh, my hands in IT and, you know, definitely being an educator, we always have our hands in educational technology or instructional technology. Used to work for Apple, but this is different. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm learning uh, programming, coding language, and I'm not necessarily learning it to be a programmer or a developer, although that definitely uh, is an option. Um, but this is this is a skill that is uh, profitable. Um being able to learn how to uh, code and being able to learn how to build apps and websites and uh, definitely got some more classes after this one I need to take. Uh, but this is very this is very difficult. This is very rough. I think there is definitely an irony there where you pay you know tens of thousands and thousands of dollars to get a master's degree or get an EDS or get a doctorate degree. Um, and, and for us because we're in the field, it comes so easily. Um, but I didn't pay anywhere near that to take this one course. And if I tell you, it is mind boggling. It's like you, you could be super, super intelligent uh, and, and um, seasoned in your field. But when you cross over to something else, you uh, are humbled, uh, to say the least. But um, 
uh, I'm very optimistic and I'm a believer in self. So uh, just like we teach our kids. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, it's got a lot to announce regarding the podcast. Uh, I'm just glad to be back. Um, I actually wasn't going to continue uh, doing these type of episodes that you guys are about to hear. Um, but I thought it was important that I continue this. So my plan is uh, season two is supposed to be about um, personal finance for educators. Okay, because that's very, very important to me. It's very, very important that um, this tribe is getting their coins together, their finances together. Um, And so with that, I'm thinking that season one is going to keep going. I'm going to keep banging out content as much as I can. And season two is going to start. And season two is going to be all about finance, personal finance for educators. Whether it's educators who have left the field and they're doing something else, or it's educators who are currently in the field and they're prepping to do something else, uh, else such as myself. Um, oh, I totally forgot. Another reason why I left was because I was studying the stock market and I was uh, mastering a couple of strategies from two uh, black um entrepreneurs and traders, uh, millionaires, uh, shout out to Terry Ijeoma, uh, for the trade and travel program and shout out to, um, uh, what's his name? I totally forgot his name. Uh, yeah. Tay Sweat. Shout out to Tay Sweat and the, uh, secure the bag, uh, team. And he's got other things going on too, uh, which are not necessarily officially secure the bag. Um, but they allow you to learn a lot. So, I learned a lot, had fun with the stock market. Um, so I have a lot of content to bring and guests to bring to season two, but season one is going to continue. So if you're looking for teacher content, educator content, instructional pedagogy, self-care, um, how the pandemic affects education, how the pandemic affects K through 12, uh, instructional strategies, you know, should you go to this grad school for EDS or that grad school for a doctorate, then anything you see in season one will always continue. And then season two will always be about, actually, I probably, I wish I could change the name. They shouldn't even be seasons. They should be, um, they should be chapters. So chapter one, which is season one, is what you guys have grown to love since 2018. Season two, which is really chapter two, is all about personal finance. And there is going to be uh, a season three, which is going to focus on something totally different and probably even a season four. So um, I will flesh that out and publish that um, so you guys know exactly what you are listening to and listening for. but it's going to be one show split in two different seasons that focus on different content. Um, because I definitely want to do something as far as providing a, uh, stock market program, um, for teachers, for educators. Um, it's going to be a school. Um, it's going to be a lot of free content and it's going to be, uh, opportunity to subscribe to, uh, to the, to the, you know, school, if you will, uh, on how to trade. Um, 
So that's going to be an opportunity. And then again, like I just said, uh, season two is going to be focused on uh, anything with personal personal finance. So uh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot coming. It's going to be a lot coming. Um, and I'm just excited to give it all to you guys. And I hope you love it. Um, Black Scholars Clothing is still going strong. Definitely got some changes coming up there. Uh, always feel free to use code uh, Black Scholars or TBSP. Um, but I believe Black Scholars is like 15, 20% off. Uh, all you got to do is go to www.blackscholarsclothing.com. Blackscholarsclothing.com. Again, use promo code Black Scholars. Um, and that should get you 15 to 20% off. Got some dope designs there. Uh, but like I said, we got some more stuff changing because uh, I've given a lot of content out for free. I've given a lot of things out for free and I'm going to continue to do that. Um, but now we're going to gonna start doing some different things. Um, you can also find the Black Scholars Podcast on Patreon. Uh, if you go to patreon.com, just type in the Black Scholars Podcast, you'll see the logo and you can be a part of the tribe and continue uh, supporting the show. A dollar a month, that's $12 a year. Uh, I think we can all afford that. Um, and hopefully with the content that I give you in season one to season two, you will be uh, more than happy to pay that and more uh, if you choose to do so. So uh, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Find me on uh, Instagram, the Black Scholars Podcast. Uh, Facebook is not back up yet. I'm going to start a brand new Facebook. So really just Instagram, um, Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter in ages, not planning to go on Twitter. So Instagram is pretty much going to be our home for now, as far as social media is concerned, but you can also email me at the black scholars podcast at gmail.com. If you got show ideas, suggestions, questions, um, if you want to be a guest of the show, if you know someone that should be on the show, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen, but um, I'm always here for suggestions. Um, that's how we get better. That's how we improve. Anyways, I've been talking too much. And I apologize, but I haven't talked to you guys in a year. Let's get into this show. We're starting a new series, which is a continuation of an old series. Basically, how does the pandemic impact 2.0 K-12 schools and education? Let's get it. Is your favorite color blue? Cause you something like my crib tonight. I think I want you to maybe meet me at my crib tonight. Might not be the one, but I'm definitely the prototype. Let's get down and get it on the floor, floor. I haven't seen you in forever. I know it's been a while, <laughs> a couple years. <laughs> it's been forever. Yeah, it has. Like, Excuse it me. It really has. 
I know I was getting my voice ready. I was like, okay, I hope I sound like awake. Got me a little like fizzy water. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I haven't potted in a, in a while. I've been I've been busy. I've had 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 some things going on. Good stuff going on. So I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So it. I'm back. I'm hey, back good. with the vengeance. Yeah. Good. I love so, to hear that. We're already recording, so let's just go. Let's just get into it. So perfect. Okay. Jalen Jenkins, welcome back to the Black Scholars Podcast. I'm happy to have you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Last time you were here, and I've changed some episodes around, so excuse me if it wasn't the original episode, but you were here for self-care part one. Yep. Um, and that was an excellent episode. It was me. Uh, it was you and it was um like Danny, I think, or yeah, yeah, from Danny. London, from London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't have the original uh podcast um IG. Um, I mean I do now. Mm-hmm. It, it's a long story. Basically, it's a new, <laughs> it's a new IG. And so it's taken me this long to start to reconnect with some of my former guest on the show uh and and oh. what i would consider friends as well too um it's taken me a while to find some of you guys so i just refound you as yes. i was going through <laughs> my episodes and i was like whatever happened to uh the the chemistry science teacher from denver i like her she's cool where is she and so i'm like going through the episodes and i'm like let me see if she's still on IG. Because I'll tell you what's funny is sometimes people just like they leave social media and I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, and they just like, you know, deactivate their page or if they still have a page, it's almost like a ghost page. Um, and I've got a few friends of the show and guests like that who they just they don't fool around with it anymore. Uh, and to be honest, I, I they didn't tell me this, but, you know, whatever the reason is, I don't blame them. <laughs> like I agree. Um, whatever you need, <laughs> for real. Like uh self, yeah, no, hey, self-care, that. self-care, right? Yeah, self-care. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but uh Lee Leanne, I hope I'm not ruining her name. Leanne Danny was from uh London. She's from London, and uh, I just found mm-hmm. her again on IG, and it looks like she's still in London. Looks like she has a podcast now as well, too. Um, so listeners, please check out episode 22 um with me Jalen and uh Leanne from London uh and that I mean I would say now more than ever self-care is super duper important uh right now uh in the midst of the pandemic 2.0 and the purpose for this episode this is the pandemic series all over again it's just it's a brand new year so I don't know. Well, yeah, I'll be honest with with myself, not saying I have a medical background or anything like that. I was under the false presumption that this thing was only going to last a year. We were only going to be dealing with this for one school year. I don't know what on earth I was thinking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, this thing has continued. And I'm almost sad to admit that some of the content I released for that series, and as I'm looking through the podcast, that, uh, guys, was episodes 26 through 31. 
26 through 31. Um, and so in that series, I announced there's going to be a masses, a massive exodus of educators leaving the profession. And I was right. <laughs> they it's are so leaving. funny you say that. <laughs> well, oh, 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 let's talk. Let's talk. That's what that's I, what the show is for. What's going oh, on? Oh yeah. It's so Uh-oh. funny that you say that because Uh-oh. I was telling, well, just context. Um, I number one, I love that we did the self-care podcast because mm-hmm. that was major foreshadowing of like what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like our previous philosophies, and they've adapted a lot, but um, in the past couple of years, I've become a science instructional coach. So I still teach science, but I'm teaching teachers essentially how to teach now at that point. So I'm kind of like a sandwich leader in between admin. And I was literally saying there's going to be a mass exodus, like verbatim. I said that I said, if we don't figure out how to care for people as, yeah. as humans before yeah. their performance, it's going to be a mass exodus. And, um, it's just funny that you say that because it took me all the way back. <laughs> So in your new role, and I was going to address that because when you were on the show last time, um, you were teaching chemistry, right? I was. Uh-huh. And if anybody was following you on IG, um, and there is a link on episode 22, and I'll leave a link uh, for this episode. And this episode actually is going to be episode 42. So I'm going to leave a link on episode 42. And then if you guys want to go back and listen to episode 22, because again, self-care is very, very important. I left a link to your IG. You are an excellent educator. And this comes from an excellent educator. And so, you know, our, our bar is high. So we exactly. know what looks good. We know what's fluff. We know oh, you're just doing that for an observation. You know, exactly. <laughs> you were doing it on a consistent. You had too much footage for you to be faking the funk. And you weren't you weren't fank, uh, faking it for social media like you were really in there. Like, that's just your natural thing. Like you are in your zone. So how long have you been in this new role as instructional coach? So, well, first off, I want to echo, you are a phenomenal educator as well. Thank you. I think we know that though, especially your listeners, but um, I will say, so instructional coach, it was weird because I got promoted in the midst of the pandemic. I was kind of like functioning as a teacher and like transitioning into coach. So technically this is like my two and a half year mark just about. So, yeah. (laughs) So you've been doing it for two and a half years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So literally after I left the podcast yeah. and then like the pandemic happened, I then promoted. So, oh, wow. We're all <laughs> and, and was it immediately full time? Um, it was gradual. It kind of felt okay. full time okay. because with our transition, the kids went fully remote and we weren't the ones teaching them, if that makes sense. Right. So I eventually just took on the role of coach and then just, you know, kind of transitioned that way. So since the pandemic has started, um, specifically like this year with you. So first, let me ask with your district and your school, are you guys face to face? Are you in person? We're face to face and I'm in high school just for those for the listeners to understand the context too. Um, so students are able to be vaccinated. And so initially we started with like mask was masks were, you know, by choice essentially. And because the spike and based on our jurisdiction, we fall between two counties, then the mask thing became um, a requirement, but we haven't really seen a spike in 
our school, I believe. Okay, that's so amazing. That's been positive, yeah. Thank, thank the Lord, to be honest. Right, right. Um, but it has been spiking, especially like in Denver. So, yeah. Okay, and we can see countrywide. Um, did you get a chance to take a take a look or listen to uh, President Biden's recent speech? Um, no, honestly, <laughs> this is part of my self care. Sure. News. Oh no, I, I literally cannot. I cannot. <laughs> At I, this point in life, I cannot. I think I'm more into the news because of podcasting than I normally uh-huh. would. Otherwise, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it yeah. at all. Um, so that's an excellent tip. <laughs> no, I was just saying because um, the numbers are looking like 27 percent of mm-hmm. new cases are kids. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me yeah. because scientifically and I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I just I study science and I teach science. Right. But scientifically, when you have like super germs and I know it's a virus, but like right. when you have super like super germs, mm-hmm. eventually the populations that are attacked or like that become vulnerable can adapt. And so it mm. makes sense that eventually kids are having a spike in cases because original COVID was not it was, you know, older people like stereotypically it affected everyone. But the population um, of groups, you know, they, they shifted. So scientifically, it makes sense. And I predicted that, too. I to say it. And I'm glad you're in this role because you're basically admin, even though you're not, you know, technically, you know, uh, principal yet. Um, well, yeah. actually, that brings up another question in the midst of a question. <laughs> um, is that the next step is to go into leadership? So I am, so I've done like evaluative things. I am a certified principal. Okay. Um, I just have not applied. Um, I will be honest after the past two years, I Mm -hmm. have become more confident in my capacity, even though I'm young, I do believe in my capacity to lead um, specifically in those types of administrative roles. So that may be the next step. I truly am doing some soul searching, like you're catching me in a transition. Um, So I don't know yet. So yeah. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I feel like at some point um, we'll all have to be very transparent with ourselves and admit we're we're at that that crossroad. We're at that that um, fork in the road. Uh, what was that Robert Frost poem? The the road less traveled. Yeah. Where it's <laughs> like you know one you one person can go that way or you can follow the crowd and all go that way, and there might even be an alternative option there. It might be a third route to go. Um, yeah. But but myself included, we're all there. Um, it's hard not to be. Uh, especially with those numbers, 27% new cases um, are children. Um, You just, I I don't, well, you don't pay attention to the news, but um, I'm I'm curious to hear feedback, what you think. So we see districts, large districts in New York, Mm -hmm. and now it just came out that LA is going to, LA's public school district, their major school district, um, which is the second largest school district in the entire country, are requiring wow. kids to get vaccinated ages 12 and up. And it releases it, it it's released in stages. So like when a kid first turns 12, they've got like 30 days to get their first vaccine shot. Um, if a kid plays sports, they've got to get their vaccine shot by like the beginning of, of October. And then they have a, a set deadline for their second shot. And then the same thing when the kid just turns 12, 
after the 30 days, they have, a, you know, uh, another set date that they have to, you know, usually they space them out like three weeks anyway. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the same for, for kids, but um, at least that's how it's been for adults. This might be the beginning of um, the vaccine movement, including educators, where they're going to force us to get vaccinated. They're going to force kids 12 and older to get vaccinated. What's your opinion on that? What do you think? Um, in terms of vaccinations, just because of my scientific background and belief, um, I do believe in vaccines. I do believe in like authentic scientific experimentation and data and things of that nature. Um, I do believe, especially now that like Pfizer has been FDA approved, mm -hmm. there really is minimal counterclaim to present in terms of vaccination. Um, I believe do what you want. And I'm a firm believer in mind your business, but I'm also a firm believer in do your research, right. um, listen to your body, but also please do your research just because we have MMR vaccinations, measles, mumps, rubella, um, mm -hmm. like to get into college. And so right. we have come a long way in terms of scientific discovery, development, things of that nature, where we do things regularly, like kids get their shots, babies get their shots, things of that nature. I know COVID is new, but just understanding the power of science and technology and the advancement that we've experienced as a society, it's important to acknowledge that we've got some intelligent human beings that can really help further us as a society. And so um, I personally, like I did my research and I 100% was skeptical at first. I'm not going to lie. Just because yeah, me being a were. black woman yeah, and same. being in America, I yeah. was like, yeah, right. I'm not a yeah. lab rat. And yeah. then I started looking at data. I started analyzing. I watched people and how they um, responded to the vaccine. And then I made my decision accordingly. I also got covid ironically from the doctor, okay. that was an experience. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. It was like that also, like I never doubted that it was real, but I also, it just gave me more context and more belief yeah. for the vaccine to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then with Delta, I also had personal like connections okay. where they've had like bosses that didn't believe in it, didn't vaccine, like didn't get the vaccination, sure. died three days later. And like, yeah. not to use that as a fear tactic, that's just right, the right. reality we're faced right. with. And so I just think that's something to consider. So 100%, like mind your business, sweep around your own front door, but also please right. do your research yeah, so we're sure. not jeopardizing each other kind of thing. For yeah. sure, for sure. Um, and, and I'm one of those nerdy people where <laughs> even before the, the pandemic happened, I was already reading like science journals just, just because I, I love those texts the best. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm always trying to learn. I mean, that's what that's what we do. We're, we're educators. We're lifelong learners. Um, and so I definitely did my research. I definitely resonate with everything that you said. Uh, very, very skeptical. Uh, my aunt is a nurse and she works for two different uh, healthcare systems in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And she's one of the smartest people I know. And when she gave me the approval and the green light, I knew for sure that I was going to get it. Um, I also did have COVID, um, and I caught mine from an ex-girlfriend who is a flight attendant. Um, oh, wow. so that was an interesting experience. Um, 
And I'm glad I got the vaccination. You know, again, I believe in, you know, everyone has the right to decide what they want to decide um, as far as their own health and health for their family. But, you know, I'm a single dad. Um, I do love what I do, even though I am in a crossroad like we were speaking about before. So I just want to make sure that I'm a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Um, but I do respect, you know, everyone's choice uh, and whatever they do. I just know this is the start of a movement where if you are an educator um, and you decide not to get a vaccination, um, then this might be the time to start prepping for something else um, because they're going to they're going to request it and they're going to make it mandatory. Um, it's going to be tied to how you make your livelihood. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, <laughs> get get prepped, get prepped for for something else. It might just be time and uh, you can always circle, you know, your way back. And there's also alternative options. Um, one of my uh, favorite educators who's never been on the show, but knows everything about the show. Um, mm -hmm. She's overseas. Um, she's teaching overseas. She's an American and she went overseas and she's teaching there. And I don't think she's she's coming back. Um, and so there's, you know, there's people who, for example, my school district, we have an actual school that's a school on its own, completely virtual. And there's a lot of school districts that are starting to take that, that path, that measure, because they figure like, this has always been a need, you know, virtual learning, virtual teaching, um, I did virtually teach last school year. I, I taught during virtually during the pandemic and my numbers came out okay, um, but they weren't what I'm used to. Um, and, and my students' data wasn't what I was used to. It was a struggle. There wasn't much accountability there and I absolutely hated it. So being back in the classroom now, which is my current situation, um, and everyone is required to wear a mask, but I also live in a red state in Tennessee. Um, is Colorado a red state, if I'm not mistaken? Colorado's um, blue. They've been blue since. Oh, nice, 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 nice. <laughs> um, and and so and 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 Biden ha has addressed this, and it's been in a lot of different articles and whatnot. It's very confusing why the governors or state leaders of red states are pushing against kids and adults wearing masks. It's very, very confusing to me. I can speak for the governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee. He said he didn't want to, um, what's the terminology? He didn't want to interfere with the rights of parents to decide if their kids had to wear. But here's the thing. It's a public school. Correct. <laughs> I, I'm not speaking for props. So for my, for my black and brown educators that are in private schools, you guys have a different battle that I can't relate to. I've never been in a private school. Um, and I'd love to have one of you guys on to, you know, dispel myths about private schools, but it's a public school. And I get it, you know, property taxes, sales taxes. I know how the whole funding thing goes. Federal government throws in a little bit. The local state department of education throw in some. I get it. It's based on attendance. I know how that works. But that's almost asinine to me because I'm thinking like if it's public, like a public building, you can't walk into the post office and not have a mask on, at least as far as I know. 
Um, maybe that's different in different states, but as far as I know, you can't walk into federal buildings without having a mask on. Um, technically, we are public servants, which is why our salaries can be searched easily um, through public means. And so I don't understand why there's this big thing about you know, interfering with rights and kids can't wear masks. And you said at your school and you're out of high school, now they're required to wear a mask, but before it was optional, correct? Yeah, that's right. Same uh, thing. Yeah, honestly, I've been trying to analyze this myself and I'm going to be honest. I have my own set of bias because of my experience. Just for context, I have walked through every um, education setting as a student. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced almost every education setting as a teacher or to some intern in, you know, progression to teaching. Um, and so the infringement of rights is honestly a trigger for me <laughs> because um, I'm in Aurora, also for listeners for um, context as well, in Denver, but like my school district is Aurora. Um, there's things like Elijah McClain. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about him. Um, I have like personal connections to that family. And yeah. I have like, there's a lot of connections, especially just in the community around that. And that is an infringement of rights. Right. An infringement of rights for me is not a mask. And especially like when I think about my 85 year old grandma, right. she has been vaccinated and I would not go around her for her safety because I want her to be around. I want her to right. see like me having kids and having a family, like all those different types of things. That's a long, like a long-term investment. If we can invest our money into an IRA, we should be able to just sacrifice temporarily for the sake of the furthering of our society. There's no reason in my opinion why 800,000 people have moved on from this earth in yeah. just our country alone. Like, it's just not justifiable in my opinion. I agree. Um, and so like, there's just, sometimes you have to be in it for the outcome long-term. And so the infringement of rights, like I said, is a trigger because that's not an infringement of rights, especially like you said, you make a good point. And that's my next counterclaim for my next discussion with whoever. Um, it's a federal and like public entity. Yeah. If it was a private school, that would be something different. That'd be different. And I know mm -hmm. exactly. And so if we are public servants and we are funded through local, state, federal funds, mm -hmm. we need to abide by that. And that's always been an issue. Even when I was going through like U.S. history as a child, yeah. I was just like, this makes no sense. Yeah. How do we have cities and counties, then states, and then like the country? Like none of that made sense right. to me because I was just like, how do you have a united states of america and right. everything is like a mixed matched puzzle piece like you know like nothing it makes is sense. it is and so that yeah. just for me was so problematic um and it it really resonated and kind of like resurfaced as covid came up i was just like this is stupid like can we just all do this group project so we can pass please <laughs> like please move on because <laughs> i'm tired we're you all know tired. <laughs> the irony in us being called the united states of america we can't agree on anything anything Anything, anything ever <laughs> and everyone and you know with it being 2021 everyone is easily offended by every everything. single thing everything. um if <laughs> if if i uh walk outside and say you know what the sky looks white today someone's gonna be offended by that why does the sky have to be white 
Like it's a fact. I didn't say it, it looks. It looks white. And look, and, and it's and it's not even objective. I said it looks. It's subjective to my yeah. eyes. It looks white. Someone's going to be offended by that. We live right. in a cancel society. We live in a very judgmental society, um, and and I think a lot of it, of course, has to do with social media. But this is just things have gotten bizarre. They <laughs> have almost, gotten bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, quick question off topic slightly. Mm-hmm. Do you watch, um, what's the show? Do you watch Seinfeld or did you watch Seinfeld? Okay. I've seen maybe like one or two episodes. Like I after love Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> so there's, there's this episode and they, and they bring it up uh, on more than one episode, but there's this episode basically called Bizarro World. And there's basically like, there's an alternative of them, like, mm-hmm. like, um, what is it called? Uh, parallel universe, yeah, where uh-huh. sometimes you just have to pinch yourself and say, am I actually like, is this, is this reality or are we living in the twilight zone? Cause sometimes mm-hmm. it feels that way. It feels like we're yeah, living in bizarro so. world. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and there's even in the comics, there's like an evil Superman, an evil Spider-Man is bizarro world. And, and yeah. that's what it feels like. We're living in that other world and it's taken over ours. So yeah. um, I wish we can just go back to whatever normal is, but um, yeah. I mean, I really look forward to a new normal because the stuff yeah. that transpired during COVID, obviously we were aware of it prior to, but the things yeah, that really came to the surface, I I look forward to a new normal without masks because we're all safe, you know, yeah. like not because we're um, feeling like our rights are being abolished, you know, in a sense. So right. um, it does feel like bizarre world. Like, I think I've had that moment, like I've just like sighed and that's been what I've been thinking about. Like, is this real? Yeah. Like we're still doing this? Like, yeah. how long does this take? So, and every time I start counting, like when I give professional development, I'm like, okay, for the past year, for the past 18 months, I'm like, yeah. dang, how many months am I going to count before this is over? Yeah. So, yeah. So let's, let's get into that. With you being an instructional coach um, between last school year and this, you said you've been doing it for two and a half years. So you mm-hmm. have a very uh, valuable perspective how have educators been affected by this that you've noticed and how have kids been affected that you've noticed? Um, I want to preface this with, I'm actually very, very grateful that I teach a section of my courses just to keep myself grounded at like, as I've thought about pursuing principalship, I've always wanted to teach to keep myself aware and very much so involved. Um, And so that's why I think I appreciate the affirmation of my perspective, but now it's really like coming full circle. Um, The teachers have been beat, to Mm. be quite frank. Mm. Um, I know as an educator myself, we were doing 20 day sessions and three hours. So 60 hours of instruction over like a month. And they only had two classes. Um, That, although I adapted to it, that was horrendous. And I was featured in an article a couple months ago talking about self-care and boundaries and stuff like that in COVID land. And um, I talked about how like I was working from 6 a.m. to midnight consistently. And I knew if I was doing that with just one section, my teachers and my science department were very much so struggling. And for us, like we had PLCs, which is professional learning communities, and that's Mm -hmm. where they could plan. Our department had it at the end of the year. 
So they started off with like minimal planning done and had to just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing Mm -hmm. until the end. Whereas other PLCs had it the first session. So they had more like foresight and there's pros and cons to both, but I could just see in my teacher's eyes that they were just beat, like beat, beat. And I empathized with them so much, um, not only from my experience, but just trying to keep them motivated and encouraged. Um, It was hard. And I completely understood. I didn't understand the two periods simultaneously, but it was exhausting to the point where like I literally have contemplated quitting probably about 50 times in the past like two years. (laughs) So, and again, yeah, we all have to be transparent and honest with ourselves, Mm -hmm. whether we want to publicly admit it or not, totally different story, but let's just be honest. We all have thought about it. I know I thought about it several times last year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I won't say I thought about it as much this year, but I'm also, Mm. I'm also making a big move this year as well too. So that's pretty much, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be coming out soon. Um, But until (laughs) then um, yeah, we all have to make a decision. We really do. Um, Because honestly, I don't think this thing is going away anytime soon. Um, And even if it's not, you know, um, the coronavirus and whatever variant. Um, I know you mentioned Delta. I also seen something called Lambda, like, Lambda variant. Oh, I haven't even, I haven't even heard of that. I heard of yeah. Wu or Woo or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something else too. Yeah. 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 You said Wu, Wu, Ru? Something like Wu. Something like, yeah. Wu? Yeah. I think that's the the newest one. That's the, like the latest one. I think there was a few cases in South Carolina, maybe. Um wow. If I'm not mistaken, I could, uh, hopefully Mm -hmm. I'm not misquoting that, Um, but it's going to be something. It's going to be something. Mm -hmm. And I've been blessed to meet and know so many different people in healthcare. Like all of a sudden people I didn't even know who were in healthcare are like coming out of the woodworks and they're like there as like experts. Like, Hey, do you know that we have been prepping for a pandemic forever? Yes. And I'm like, really? They're <laughs> yes. like, yeah, that's what we do. We prep for uh-huh. a pandemic. Nothing ever came. And actually, what's ironic, they said, and this is from several different healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses, uh, nurse mm-hmm. practitioners, et cetera. They told me that they didn't even think that the coronavirus would be the one. They thought it was going to be Ebola. Ebola was supposed to be yeah, the one Ebola that Ebola was really big. And yeah. so was the swine flu, at least here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, swine flu yeah. was huge. Yeah. And it was but, just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, maybe, you know, that could happen where eventually it just kind of just, you know, goes away or kind of like you were saying, it's like the new part of the um, mumps, measles shots that you have to have in order to uh-huh. attend school or college or whatnot. Uh, but I kind of feel like it's always going to be something. So yeah. it's really important that educators are honest with themselves and making a decision. Can you live like this for the rest of your career? Exactly. Can mm-hmm. we go another decade like this, another 15 years, another 20 years, another 30 years to retirement like this? Um, me personally, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, I, as much as I'll I love teaching, honest. I can't do it. <laughs> and, and the other thing that I wanted to make a point of is that, um, you know, well, let me ask you, I'm just going to ask you. If you had, and I learned this from an assistant principal, mm-hmm. if you had one word that you had to have tattooed on you, okay? Not saying you have any tattoos. I got one. 
don't have any, but yeah, that's a good one. If you had to have one word tattooed on you that describes you and your purpose and who you are intrinsically, what would that one word be? Oh my goodness. <laughs> now that's like stressful. Okay. It describes me intrinsically in yeah. my purpose, not necessarily in education though. Right? Right. Just in general. Um, aware. I like that. And then you can break down that word aware with several follow-up questions. Aware of what? Cognizant exactly. of what? Mm-hmm. And I would say aware, like that goes both ways for me, but aware of society, aware of what I need to do, what I need right. to fulfill, all that. So, yeah. So that means that you're very alert. That means that you're a good listener. That means that you're a people watcher. You're very observant. You pay attention to details. Uh, you probably, I mean, on your intelligence, you probably get the micro and the macro simultaneously. Like you get both sides. There's so many different careers and things that you could be doing with that awareness mm-hmm. in that word aware, like this is my purpose. And so when I was asked that, I had to think for a second and I wrote it down and I wrote down servitude. My purpose mm-hmm. on earth is to serve others. It's the reason why I do the mm-hmm. podcast. It's the reason why I'm in education. It's the reason why I do everything uh, that I've done in the past, currently doing, and the new things that I'll be doing in the future. Mm-hmm. That's not tied into a four-wall classroom. Correct. That's not even tied into yeah. uh, a classroom building, which has a lot of walls. Mm-hmm. That's not tied into a school district. That's not tied into a school system. That's not tied into mm-hmm. a department of education. There's so many different Wait, so the the reason why I'm bringing this up, and I didn't prep her for this. Thank you for participating. Oh, it's totally fine. I love that question. That's a new like grounding. (laughs) Yeah, because what I really want educators to realize, and and this comes from from years, guys. This comes from a lot of years. Um, so we all have a career, Mm -hmm. and we work hard to build our career and grow in our career. There is a such thing as a vocation. That vocation doesn't have to look like what we have been taught. It looks like there's so many different ways to do what you do. I'm going to save that for later. That's too good. I'm yes, going to save that for a future episode. That's too I good. just have to echo that a million <laughs> times over because I, I've been really introspective in the past like year and a half, to be honest, because that's, that's a whole different episode, yeah. um, but still related to self-care. But yeah. I just recently had like the full realization that what I do does not have to be confined into an education system. It yeah. can still be impactful yeah. um, of the, the education system, but I don't have to be confined. And so that realization was so powerful to me because I always associated myself, like since I was four, I thought I was going to be an educator. And so to see it come full circle at the age of 20, like I have been so proud to have done the things that I've done, but I don't have to keep doing it in a traditional sense. I can still impact students. I can still impact teachers. You can, you know, there's a variety of so many different ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's important to really explore those opportunities. And I think you're starting to do that now where you do so many great things in the classroom. And 
when you're great at what you do, it's easy, especially what you teach in high school. Mm -hmm. Oh my, it's so easy (laughs) to just shut your door. And then it's you and your kids. And that's your universe, that's your world. And you're impacting those kids who are enrolled to you, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a 150 one semester or 200 the next semester, (laughs) you know, that's a big number, but you're just impacting those kids. You've Mm -hmm. got to stretch that out to, well, how can I impact the larger demographic? And you're starting to do that by impacting educators. So you're already starting to see like, hey, I don't have to do things in a traditional standpoint. I don't have to be, you know, ball and chain to this classroom. I have skills and talents that are transferable. Um, and so I'm excited to see your journey and where that's going to lead you, because it's a lesson that a lot of us need to take. Same. And honestly, yeah. like just what you said, it's taken some years. Like I am in year seven. And yeah. depending on how you do that number. <laughs> no, that it, means it a lot. It's taken a long now. time, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's taken a long time for me to really have that realization. So, right. yeah. It's really Absolutely. interesting. <laughs> so, um, so you gave us feedback on the educators. We, I think we kind of skipped over and that's partially my fault. What about the kids? What's student data looking like for your school system or, or so for your I school? I will say um, initially, so I have a group for girls of color and I, mm-hmm. that's where I get my mass insight essentially mm-hmm. on like a pulse of the students just because I don't teach as many kids anymore. Right. Um, so initially when the pandemic started, there was a lot of I don't want to say like clinical depression, but like that shock caused a lot of sadness. And I think having to tackle being at home because school and like the reality of the situation is an escape for students. And so having to be confined to their place of residence can be like traumatizing. And so a lot of students endured trauma. A lot of students um, felt confined when they're extroverts, like then they have to tap into that introverted side of them. Um, it can be very traumatizing. And to be quite frank, it's just been trauma all over. And some students have rebounded, like nothing ever happened to Mm -hmm. innocence. And some students are still like anxious about just like taking a donut. Like for example, I took donuts to my class in the beginning of the year. And I said, I'm so excited to see you humans in person. Like I can't wait to learn with you. And I said, grab a paper towel, grab a donut. Like we're still in COVID land. So be very strategic, whatever. And some students were like still shook that we were like in person having conversation, like kind of back to normal in a sense that they couldn't even like conceptualize getting up to get a donut. Yeah. And I was personally, I was started to be offended, but I was like, no, like they probably have social anxiety at this point because there's so much going into this. And then there's also like the survival mode. There's like trying to be social. There's trying to get back to having 12 classes a day instead of two, like, that exponential progression. So I will say they're resilient, but I don't want them to have to be resilient, if that makes sense. Um, Because they don't, they don't deserve that, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to build a system that's sustainable that like really um, promotes holistic support. And so they've struggled, they're like rebounding, but like the kids I think they've become more self-aware too, which has been really positive. Like reflection and goal setting and advocacy has become more of a natural um, kind of existence, which has been beautiful. Um, But it's, it's been a road. I'll say like that. I love that response. And uh, we're so like-minded. I have been very intentional (laughs) 
probably, let me see, for me in my school district, this is, we just finished week five, so we're going into week six. Mm-hmm. I spent three weeks, not the entire class, because I, I know people are going to throw, <laughs> throw their headphones away, like, what? You're supposed to be a Black scholar. What? Not the entire class. But, you know, during the, uh, I call it a do now activity, basically bell work. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess it depends on what grade level you're working with, but they say it should stretch anywhere from five minutes to, you know, maybe 10 minutes at most. I've taken 10 minutes out of each class that I teach for the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. And we talk. Yep. We talk about their feelings. We talk about their emotions. We talk about their goals. We talk about growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about them. Because I want them to be able to reflect. I want them to be able to realize like, hey, it's not just you. It's not just you and your dysfunctional family. We're all crazy. We're all going (laughs) crazy. And I've seen so much growth and I have such a, a stronger connection to these kids than I initially even planned just because I was that one teacher taking time out of my, and I'm the, and I'm the teacher, like, like we had a fire drill today and I was upset. (laughs) I was, I was thoroughly upset. (laughs) I was like, you're taking away from my instructional time. And we just had a fire drill a couple of weeks ago. How many do we need? I thought it was like once a quarter or once every two months. I know logistically it's supposed to be one but I literally had the same conversation yesterday, literally yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and then, and I was with my honors kids. And so they're looking at me and it was like, this is a waste of time. I was like, exactly. You get me. So, um, but yeah, I, I've been very intentional, especially coming from the virtual teaching environment and having yes. those conversations with those kids, especially at the end of the year, they were just honest with me. They're like, Mr. Wilson, you, you're a great teacher. You are super cool. We like you. It was like, this is rough though. Like I miss my friends. Mm-hmm. I miss walking through the halls. I miss yep. getting in trouble. Like they said, they miss getting in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just wanted a teacher to yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard kids say they miss school so much yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like in history, to be honest. Exactly. It's, it's been nice, but it shouldn't come at that cost. But it's exactly. been a nice like reinvestment in their future and like what they need to do mm-hmm. kind of thing. But Absolutely. I will say like to that on that same vein, I have taught several PD sessions at the district level reinforcing the power of relationships Mm -hmm. so I taught a class on like classroom structures to support like classroom management essentially yeah and as I was planning just like like searching my own philosophical beliefs and like my core values and stuff it doesn't matter what you know and how um educated or whatever you are the kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and so I have literally told my team, like, guys, it's okay to slow down. We have the full year this time. Like, I know we have a trauma response to try and rush and pack everything in. Take some time. Have an honest conversation. Like, I, quite frankly, I teach biology this year, and I am behind my PLC. And there's (laughs) nothing to that fault. They're still taking their time. But I am literally (laughs) like, guys, we're about to talk about these goals. 
Yep. We're about to talk about these Same. life skills. You're still going to get this biology content, but we need to couple it with something. So yep. it's the most meaningful experience possible. And I have a class of 13 kids and it's super intimate. I usually have 40. This is yeah. like a historical moment for me. Um, and just being able to build those relationships with the students and really be intentional and just invest into them holistically goes so much further. I love so it. So much further. And I agree. So, um, I might need you back for a future episode <laughs> on relationship building. No, I'm serious. Oh, um, by all means. <laughs> and I have a brand spanking new principle, not that he's brand spanking new, but uh, I'm so self-care. I don't look at mm-hmm. my emails over the summer. I'm that one. I won't Same. look at them. So when Same. I finally looked at them, <laughs> when I finally looked at them, I'm seeing like hundreds of emails and like 50 of them are from this guy. And he's introducing himself to me. And I'm like, who on earth is brand new, brand new principal? My principal left. My uh, the other assistant principal took the head principal job at the virtual school. And the other assistant principal went over to some suburb district. uh, And she's not even going to be an assistant principal anymore. And she's going to get paid because that's a well-paying district. But Uh I was shocked. And I was like, but now again, fast forward five, six weeks. Well, we had in service for two weeks. So fast forward seven weeks of of Mm -hmm. being around this guy. He is the perfect principal for my particular school because we sucked at relationships. Even before COVID, they Mm -hmm. sucked at building relationships. Mm -hmm. Everything felt very uh, transactional. Yeah. Like, okay, I am educator. You are pupil. You are student. I assign work. You do work. I talk. You take notes. You turn in work. I grade work. I give feedback. You take feedback. You study. You come back. We have assessment. You take assessment. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) I almost sounded like a caveman or a robot (laughs) because that was the process. Yeah. Now it's like there's flow. And it is, you know, still a bit scary with everything going on with the pandemic and whatnot. And I have to refrain myself from telling kids to back up because they get really, really close. But I actually appreciate, again, the relationships and the rapport that I have built and continuing to build with those kids, Mm -hmm. even with parents. My back and Mm -hmm. forth with parents has been. It's for probably the first time in my career, if I can be honest. And we're going into week six. I haven't had any problems with any parents. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this (laughs) stuff really, like it really works. Yeah, it does. And I think it takes like having leaders Mm -hmm. is the point I was making Mm -hmm. who really understand like, how powerful building relationships is relationships between the principal and the system principal relationships between the leadership team uh, and, and, and the classroom teachers, the relationship between classroom teachers and the school and guidance counselors the relationship with the, you know, all of the auxiliary roles that, that are important yeah. relationships with the kids, rela- relationships with their parents, etc. Like it's, it's really a community. Um, so for the, for the first time in a long time, like I actually feel pretty good this year outside Mm -hmm. of COVID stuff, the COVID stuff is annoying. Um, but you know, um, I, I feel really good this year. I still have that. Yeah. 
I still have big decisions to make. Uh huh. But overall, (laughs) I feel good. Hear about these big decisions? (laughs) Oh yeah, they're coming. But I I do. I feel really. I feel really, really good. Um, That's good. So let me ask you this. Let me ask Mm -hmm. you this. What advice? Because we've got we've got a few thousand listeners who are going to listen to this episode. What advice would you give to them? Because we're kind of all in the same boat. I know mm-hmm. that there's been a lot of schools that opened and then they shut down and now they're doing a 100% virtual thing. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine prayers, uh, respect, good luck, everything over all that good stuff out to you guys. Drinks on me. <laughs> like I get it. <laughs> um but but just in, in general, what advice would you give to an educator right now, whether they're a classroom teacher or they're in the leadership role like yourself or it's a principal? Like, what advice would you give them based on your experience and observations? Um, I've got three things. I'm going to start with an equation because internally I'm just a math mind. Um, I would say people over performance. So people, people, I can't talk, should be greater than the performance that you're anticipating. So once you really show that investment and that intent of getting to know the people in front of you, whether you're a leader, whether you're a sandwich leader, whether you're a teacher, um, anything of that capacity, once you show that authentic investment in and out of the classroom, the performance is directly proportionate to that investment you give. Mm. Um, So it's really important to care about the people in front of you. I've had boss, well, I've had a boss, to be quite frank, um, that clearly did not care about me. They only cared what I brought to the table. And that was a really eye-opening experience. And that is what led and guided my intent in my professional development, um, development, (laughs) like how I organize my courses, essentially. Um, And so that was really powerful because I've always had great bosses. And so that was just a really like holistic understanding for me personally. So care about the people over the performance you're seeking. Um, The other thing is maintain that self-awareness. Like be honest with yourself. If you're getting tired, take a nap, Mm -hmm. stop overworking. Like you have to listen to your body. So that self-awareness is key. And the last thing I would say is put yourself in your learner's seat. So for example, when you're in professional development, like I used to hate professional development because it would really take me back to like, God, is this how my students feel? And it would always (laughs) reinvigorate me. Like, let me go do an experiment with them tomorrow. Like we are not doing, yeah, let's go do something fun. Let's get them up and moving. Like I'm a firm believer in brain breaks and it sounds so random, but like firm believer. So whenever, whoever you are presenting to, whether it's teachers, whether it's principals, students, whatever, Think about being in their seat. If you're bored, more than likely they're bored. If you're uninterested, same thing. If you feel like this is transactional because you just have to check a box, more than likely the authenticity is being jeopardized. So put yourself in the learner's seat and I promise you it will transform your perspective, your investment, um, what you put forth and the outcome that you get essentially as well. Absolutely. Excellent advice. And one last question. Are Mm -hmm. there any books or podcasts that you have read or currently reading that you'd recommend to other educators to take a look at or listen to? Okay. So let me pull up my Spotify. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, In terms of books, I will say um, Phenomenal Teaching has actually been, we have a partnership with PEBC, which is Public Education Business Corporation. Um, Shout out to Moker. She's the greatest coach ever. But like they, their book on phenomenal teaching 
is pivotal. Okay. I will say like, I actually like make professional developments around that. So that's one science in the city is a phenomenal book. I'm also teaching another professional development on that one. Um, how to be anti-racist white mm, fragility. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, we want to do more than just survive. I believe is the name of the title. Okay. I have a ton of books okay. <laughs> in terms okay. of podcasts. I would say, um, is, should it be education related? No, anything, anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. Me better. Um, I will say there's one called Hey Girl and that's kind of like, um, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like Alex L she's walking through just life and she's walking you through like an introspective reflection essentially. And so I really love that one. She talks about friendships. She talks about all the things. And so I recommend that one. Hey girl. Um, okay. Yeah. Hey girl. Okay. Um, therapy for black girls. Love it. Love it. That's okay. all I got to say. Yeah. Um, what else? Brene Brown is good. And then higher learning I've heard was good. I haven't listened to a lot from them, but that's, I think that's a pretty good one. If I find any, any higher good. learning, is that, um, who's on there? I think it's Rachel. I think her name is Rachel. Um, I can't who's remember. the guy that's with her. Ooh, I think his last name is Lathan. Van Lathan. Yes. That's on, Bill, uh, that's on Bill Simmons, uh, network, the ringer. Ah, okay. Yeah, because he hired him after mm -hmm. he left. Um, uh, what's the the creepy? Uh, what's the creepy news medium that they always know about people's death? Um, Is it like uh, TMZ? TMZ. Yeah, okay, that's the one. Yeah, he left TMZ. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ah. yeah, he left TMZ, and I'm sure he had a billion offers because he's great. Yeah, he is. And he That's a really good position one. with the ringer. Um, mm -hmm. He's on a, he's on several podcasts with them, but that is his along yeah. with the, um, the woman. She's really good too. What's her name? Rachel. I think she was on the bachelorette. I think. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure she was. They've got, they've got good uh, chemistry together as well too. Yeah. So uh, yeah. 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 I've yeah, only so listened to a few of those episodes. Usually I catch them on YouTube. Yeah, honestly, either way, I like to just like drive and do random things like meditate or listen to a podcast. Yeah, that ages me. I don't really know. But yeah, um, that's honestly when you're doing things like monotonous a podcast yep. is prime. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I agree. 100% agree. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, those are my main ones. Well, great advice. Great techniques. Great books. Great podcast. Great everything. So we definitely appreciate it. And again, this is going to be episode 42. So I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Um, how can they find you if you want them to find you on social media? <laughs> okay. So for my teacher page, I am at miss.jenkins.science. So if you type in Jalen Jenkins, to be honest, you'll find me on Google. The Instagram will pop up. Um, my regular Instagram is JJ Marie. That is all things. Um, teacher, human kind of thing. That's J-A-I-J-A-I-M-A-R-I-E. So you can find me pretty much anywhere. What can I say? Mamba out. Thank you for listening to the Black Scholars Podcast. For more information, Sometimes. go to blackscholarspublishing.com.
you just gotta Go! You will never know what you could ever be If you never tried, you will never see Stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave So it was no slave in our history One no slave ships, one no misery